All right, everyone, it is the beginning of 2019, and we have an awesome episode planned for you. Beth and I are going to be sharing some predictions, specifically seven predictions that we see in 2019 and how you can apply them to your business to see results. This year is going to be awesome, and we're going to bring you some great content. But we want to start the year off by showing you some things that we see that are going to have impact on the digital marketing landscape, as well as the building products landscape as a whole. So with that, let's jump into the podcast. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, welcome everybody to Smarter Building Materials Marketing. I am Zach Williams alongside my co-host, Beth Popnikoloff. Hey, Beth, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good. New year, new podcast. New year, new you. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. Oh, that's so good. We have a really exciting show today. We've been planning over the last couple months for changes and shifts that we see that are happening that we're trying to apply to our own marketing efforts as well as our clients' marketing efforts. And we want to share with you all some things that we see in the marketplace as well as technology changes and shifts that are happening that we hope you can apply to your business. Some of them are gonna be really high level and overarching, and some of them are gonna be really tactical. But we have seven different specific changes and shifts that we think are gonna play a huge role in 2019 that if you apply them to your business, it should be able to bring you some serious impact. You know, the beginning of the year is a great time to take a step back, look at how your marketing performed last year, You know where are some gaps that you could fill in or places that you really wanna drive at in the new year. And it sounds funny to have predictions for changes every year, but really digital changes, especially now at such a fast pace that there are things that will be relevant in 2019 that were not relevant in 2018 and vice versa. It's just not a status quo medium. It's, it's just really not. So we've got a ton of content to get into. We've got seven different predictions. So why don't we just jump right in? So the first one we already talked about a little bit already, and that's the pace of digital marketing is quickening. It is just moving. It's move. It's a snowball effect when it comes to digital marketing and having an online presence. For a lot of building materials manufacturers, you may just be getting started or really even still kind of fighting the good fight to have digital prioritized in your company. We totally get it. We hear from those manufacturers all the time. 2019 is the year where it's going to start to get harder and harder to catch up if you're not in the game right now. Digital technology, it's advancing at a faster rate than ever. And not only is it advancing, it's just becoming more of a standard in our culture, in the way that humans interact with each other, humans interact with brands and people want to, and the way people make purchases. All of that is being drastically and more and more influenced by what companies are doing online. And if you're not prioritizing digital, you're gonna start to get so far behind the eight ball, it's gonna be very, very difficult to catch up to brands that are prioritizing digital now or have been in the past. Well, I I think about it this way, Beth. You know, if we look at the buyer journey, digital is intersecting everywhere. And we've talked about this, but like whoever gets closer to the customer wins and digital is is becoming the first entry point or the first touch point with, gosh, anybody in the building materials sales channel. 
whether it's a homeowner, an architect, you know, GC, whomever, digital is, is playing at the whole spectrum. And so not just like, not only saying like, okay, digital is changing more quickly and the this pace of it is is quickening, but it's just like, you, you've got to make this a, a cornerstone priority if you're going to continue to drive demand for your product. That's what it comes down to is like, yeah, make it a priority, drive demand and, and continue to try to outperform your competition. Otherwise, you're going to get to a point where you're you're climbing an uphill battle that feels impossible. And so this isn't necessarily just a prediction. It's it's just a saying like things are continuing like we're seeing it. Things are happening super, super quick. You've got to continue to drive demand. And part of that is making sure that your digital presence is keeping up. The second point here really connects with our first point about the changing pace of digital. But if we think about technology, technology is the norm. It's the currency of every demographic in the building materials channel. And what we mean by that is that technology is everywhere. It's 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 your phone in your pocket, which is now your office. You're like You can go anywhere and get the access to the information you need. And as a manufacturer or someone in the building material space, you've got to be able to leverage technology, not only to provide your audience what they need, but to also supply your team with what they need. And so that is, that's a technology revolution of saying, how can we continue to look at the trends that are happening, the technology that's coming out, whether that's AI or augmented reality or a programmatic buying within marketing, whatever it might be, like there's all these changes that are happening, but you've got to realize that your audience, your customer first, technology for them is everything and it's everywhere. Like I was looking at a stat, Beth, about how many times people check their phone each day. It's 80 times on average. I mean, if you take the time people are awake, it's like every four minutes, like we're just addicted. No, I'm not kidding. It's like literally like every four minutes, like try not to check your phone for like, like 15 minutes and like, look at your anxiety level. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, when you think about it, Zach, you know, people used to, or manufacturers go to trade shows because the idea is that's where your audience is. I need to be at the builder show because that's where my audience is. That's where my customers and potential potential customers are. So it's really the same idea. Like you need to be online. You need to be in front of them through social advertising, through Google AdWords, because that's where your audience is. They're spending so much of their day on their phone, on their computer. You have an incredible opportunity to capitalize upon by getting your company in front of them through your digital presence. So number three prediction, really this is just what's happening, is that because of our pervasive use of tools like Siri or Alexa, Natural language is actually becoming the predominant way that people are searching when they're typing into Google. So as an example, while you, if you're a steel siding manufacturer, while you want to rank if someone just types steel siding, someone is actually much more likely to type something very specific. So we're used to talking to Siri. Hey Siri, what's the weather outside? Hey Alexa, add paper towels to my shopping list. Um, things like that. So when someone types into Google, they're not going to look for steel siding. They're more likely to look for something along the lines of what's the best kind of siding for homes in Seattle. So this isn't really anything completely revolutionary. This is something that's called long tail keywords, long tail keywords or long tail key terms. 
And we've talked about this in the past, like this isn't something that's brand new onto the scene for people who have been focusing on SEO and search and appearing on the first page of Google for a while. What we are seeing though, is just the massive shift to the amount of searches and the search volume around those key terms. They used to be very, very easy to rank for because they were so specific, but now because it's just the way that people are used to interacting with technology and interacting with search tools, it's actually becoming harder to rank for and more important that you're paying attention to those details and not just advertising as a global solution. You know, Beth, if you look at this past holiday season and the most bought products on Amazon, do you know what the top three were? Mm -mm. Alexa. They're all Alexa devices. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, at least for, excuse me, specifically for electronics. Like I'm not talking like videos or kids games. Sure, or, sure, sure, sure. You know. Barbie dolls or whatever it might be, <laughs> but like do specifically still buy Barbies. I don't know if they do. I don't know. Um, no, they have to No, specifically for electronics. It's, it was Alexa, like Alexa devices were like one, two and three. And so I think that that just goes to show like, not only is that technology and this is kind of pairing with our previous point, technology is becoming everything everywhere, but the, the way that people are using technology is much more voice centric. Like even if you think about like Apple devices, like the Apple AirPods, or like one of their most gifted products because it's just so easy to use. That mm -hmm. technology is, you know, and you can talk, you can listen, that kind of thing. This is a total aside. One of my friends is telling me a story about she was driving in her Jeep and had on a song that her kids didn't want to listen to. And her like six-year-old was like, mom, play Let It Go, because that's all six-year-olds want to listen to is Let It Go from Frozen. She was like, no, we're not listening to that right now. We've listened to it 10 times today. And her six-year-old just starts yelling, Jeep, play Let It Go. Jeep, play Let It Go. Please play Let It Go, Jeep, because they're so used to being able to just yell at Alexa. It's So it's like watching a kid use a laptop, like they'll try to touch it because they've only ever known iPads and touch screens. Like it's so ingrained. It's not so we'll only see this exponentially grow as we see like younger generations come into the marketplace. Oh, I was talking to my son the other day and we were talking about sharks because that's what you you know boys talk about. Obviously. And he's, he's like, and my son is seven. He's like, oh, dad, you know, how many sharks are there in the world? And I was like, oh, I have no idea. I was like, but we can research it. And he's like, why don't you just ask Siri? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't know. Like, I was like, okay, we got, you know, I felt so defeated. I was like, you know, when I was a kid, like you go pull out the encyclopedia and you look up sharks and you hope the answer's in there. But like, and you would the get way, some good old four-year-old data on how many sharks yeah. there are in the world. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but like, I think, I think the point here is that like, if we look at what the customer is searching for and how they're searching, like especially like even SEO, Beth, the types of terms that we target on SEO for our clients is like very much focused on how people search online because the higher overarching terms, like if you look at like, let's say you said like steel siding, like that's a very, very competitive term. But if you search, but if you search for terms like best steel, steel siding in New England or best steel siding in Seattle, those are super long tail, very specific terms and not everyone is searching for, but those people within those markets are. And if you own and build your marketing around the long tail keywords, if you build your marketing around the long tail keywords, that's where you're going to win, right? And there's also a shift, Zach, where it's about product positioning as a whole. It's no longer about positioning your product of, we do everything for everyone. We're the best choice for every job. 
people are looking for, like we are trained to look for that very niche, like you're saying, you know, regional specific or building type specific product. And the more that you can explain where your product fits well and where it doesn't, and instead of trying to catch everybody, catching everybody in one specific market, you're much more likely to get that second one than the first one with the way that we're taught to think now. And the fourth prediction, this isn't even a prediction, frankly, this is something that we're seeing, we've seen work this past year and we're, we think is gonna be an even bigger part of this next year, is the personalization expectation. If we look at the marketing and the tactics and the, and the ads that we've run this past year that have worked the best, the ones that are the most personalized to an individual audience are the ones that are bringing the greatest level of ROI. And that might be like a, like a no-brainer statement, but if you think about it, like how many messages are you getting every day? Like how many emails, how many messages on LinkedIn, how many ads are you seeing on Instagram? All of those are coming at you and the ones that are the most effective are the ones that are very, very focused on you. So if you think about like, long tail, long tail keyword research, like we were just talking about the the level of personalization that we're looking at, you can think about it the same way, like that's a long tail as well. So if we think about, if we think about your marketing as a whole, how can you get more personalized with your email? How can you get more personalized with your advertising? How can all of it, how can you leverage technology to deliver very specific messages to very specific types of people? So no longer can you just send a blanket newsletter which can work, but how could you how could you segment that newsletter based on where somebody lives or the type of job that they have or the type of industry that you're there and they're in? When you can do that, that's when your marketing goes up another level. That's when you can really start to see a little bit of an uptick. Like we have a client who this past six months, we've really focused on two things to improve their conversion rate on their on their website. It's we focused on the personalization of content focused on different different types of industries. And the second thing is segmenting those individuals as well. So we focus on the industry that they're in, the type of individual that they are and their pain points. And I'm not kidding, their leads have literally increased by 50%. Like that's all we're doing. And so if you think about your website, if you think about your marketing tactics, how can you get more personalized with the communication that you're sending people? Because the likelihood that they're they're gonna respond and listen and read and do do whatever you're looking for them to do is that much greater because frankly, they don't have time to not look at very personalized communication. They just don't. And it's interesting, Zach, because for years we've been saying you should segment, you know, email architects, architects have different needs than GCs, email them separately. But this is really taking it to the next level. It's not going to be nearly as effective if you're just emailing every architect like they're any old architect. So have they purchased from you recently? Have they never purchased from you? Are they located in the Northeast? Are they located in the Midwest? All of those architects have different needs. And if you're not communicating to them, hey, I get you, I know who you are, here are things that are gonna help you specifically based on the vertical that you focus in, the projects that you have coming down the pipeline or the specific weather patterns or real estate status in your local region, then you're gonna leave money on the table. It's just as plain as that. They're gonna to go to somebody else who is communicating to them in that way. The fifth prediction here is that there is an even greater need for speed. And what we're talking about from speed is not just how quickly something loads, which we'll talk about here in a second. It's the speed at which your customers need answers to the questions that they have. So we've talked about this in the past. 
episodes where we talk about, let's say chat bots or something like that. But if you can supply the answers to the questions that people have more quickly and more efficiently, then you're going to win. Because if we think about any audience in the building materials channel, they still view building material manufacturers as the go-to source for information. So if you can supply answers more effectively and more quickly, whether that's through chat or search or ranking effectively on Google, you have to supply those as quickly as possible and as efficiently as possible. And that that includes also the, you know, just the content that you have as well as even, gosh, like sample requests. Like how can you provide people things that they want more quickly? Like if you think about Amazon, Amazon's winning because they do a couple things really, really well. And one of them is speed and convenience. How can you take what you know, people are expecting from Amazon and apply that to the information access that people want from you as well. The proof that we're seeing with this, Zach, is that we've heard from multiple people in the channel, um, especially architects, that the two main features they're looking for on websites for manufacturers now is, is chat and search. They don't have time to comb through all of the content you've included on your product page to understand if it's gonna fit their exact need. So they wanna search for like a specific phrase or a specific word, or they wanna chat, they wanna ask you a question on the spot, on the moment. We've actually heard people say they will go to a manufacturer's site and if they don't see chat, they'll leave. Cause they're just like, no, I just literally don't have the time. I don't have time. Yeah. I don't have time. By the way, if you have questions about chat, we talked a lot more about it, I think in episode 15. So if you wanna know more about getting chat on your website as a building materials manufacturer, you can check out that episode for some more info. I mean, Beth, if we're talking about Amazon here, a stat that Amazon released a few years ago was that one second of lag load time or load time lag is going to cost them $1.6 billion a year. Like that's just the load time of their website. And so like, yes, your, your website needs to load more effectively. Like we've had two companies in the past month come to us and say, hey, we need help with SEO and we need help with our site load time. And we're like, um, those two things are not different. <laughs> because- <laughs> Because the reason why you're not ranking well on Google is because your site is loading so poorly. It's impacting your search results. And so this isn't just a play to say like, hey, speed only relates to the load time of your site. It's really about getting people access to the information they want. But what Google wants is Google wants quick load times because they know that that impacts user experience. And that's really the the game that that they're focused on, right? And when we're talking about speed, we have to talk about mobile web. Oh, yeah. Your website has to be so user-friendly on mobile. It has to be a one-to-one transfer. So you can't just think about people being on their laptops or computers when they're looking at your website. People are more and more using their phones. And mobile usage online is only going to increase. That is just is not going away. That's not a prediction. You could take that to the bank. Oh, I mean, Beth, we predict every time we redesign a website that is not mobile friendly or or the mobile experience is not optimal and we we bring in a more optimal experience, like we tend to see anywhere between like a 20 and 30% lift in traffic, like almost overnight. And conversion because, rate. Oh, I know. Because like, if you think about it, like the percentage of time you spend on your phone today versus your, your desktop is like, I think that on average, it's somewhere in that 40 to 50% range, like where you spend on your phone. But like, Five years ago, it was like 10 to 15, maybe 20%. I don't want to, like, if we think about when we review websites, like as an audit, like I'm starting to think like we shouldn't even look at desktop. It really just needs to be a mobile because that's what, that's where the industry is headed in terms of where people start that research process and the area that has the most opportunity to improve conversion. 
So we can't talk about 2019 or really content on the web at all without talking about video. Every year there's a new prediction for how much of the internet is going to be video. The latest stat that I saw is that in 2020, which is by the way, next year, the video will be more than 80% of all internet content. At some point, every website in the whole wide world is just gonna be someone's face talking to you. I don't know what they're gonna do about product pages, but, and the reason that that's happening is because video works. It works, it communicates clearly, concisely, it engages you. We've actually done a whole other episode about video as well and talked a little bit about why your brain loves video so much. But the point here is that video isn't going away but it's actually going away from the super polished video. Authenticity is a big push in content, especially from brands. People want to engage and see that brands are being authentic and being real online. So your videos don't all have to be these like, you know, six figure productions. We're actually seeing a move that vertical videos, so something that's just shot with your iPhone or Android phone, um, and even like a raw video that isn't, it's not perfectly steady, it's not perfectly polished, it's real. If you think about, like we were talking about one example that could totally work is one of your salespeople leaving a call, setting up their phone in their truck, and then just shooting like a quick 45 second video talking about here's this objection that I've heard for the 700th time, here's, you know, let's just completely debunk it or I just solved this customer's problem or I'm hearing a lot about this in the market recently, like that would resonate so strongly with your audience and it will take zero investment. You know, Beth, one thing we've seen even with email, like which feels like a very static media to use is like we started to put like GIFs, a video, inside a video because I'm mean, inside an email because you can't actually embed an actual video in an email, but like you can create an image and a GIF or a GIF, however you want to pronounce it is a type of an image. And we've seen that by placing a video GIF or GIF of a video in an email, like the click-through rate like drastically increases. And so I know we, we've got a whole episode about this and I think it's episode 13 that talks about like how to use video and to create a sales funnel. But I think the point here is just to reiterate that if you're planning your content and you're thinking about how can you stay ahead, like written content is continuing to be indexed within Google. And so that's how people continue to find, find you. But there's this whole other world of YouTube, this whole other world of how people communicate and making sure that you've got video planned in your content marketing efforts is going to be really critical. And the final prediction here is LinkedIn. So social media is continuing to grow. Yes, there's a lot of changes that are happening within Facebook and Instagram, but I really believe, and this is something we're actually on a separate podcast about, LinkedIn is really gonna hit a tipping point for building materials companies and how they reach and target their audience. Not only for content distribution and marketing, like things that Beth and I talk about to actually grow awareness effectively with individuals that don't know about your product, but how can you use LinkedIn to actually scale your marketing efforts using technology? So if you think about the social media landscape, Facebook is, is hurting, but at the same time, they're trying to push more, more relational content. Their, their algorithm is very much focused on family, friends. They're trying to get people back into their program. Instagram is a huge, huge global powerhouse as it relates to, to social media, but it's not always the best place for B2B conversations. LinkedIn, on the other hand, solely focused on B2B. 
it's solely focused on commerce and the marketplace. And if you've got a really strong, powerful strategy that's focused on how can we get the most out of that for not only our sales team, but also our marketing efforts, you're going to win. I don't, I don't have to say it other than like we've seen firsthand that LinkedIn can drive leads and definitely drive sales if you go about it the right way and you've got the right strategy. So that's a bit of a plug for a future episode that we're going to focus on. And we're going to give you some really great firsthand insights and tactics. But if you're planning your social efforts, LinkedIn's not one that you can say, oh, let's just like repost from Facebook directly to LinkedIn. The more personalized, more authentic presence you can have with LinkedIn, the greater the impact that you're going to have. And it's where people are looking for new partners and new vendors as well. So make sure that you've got a really strong presence there. They're working on their algorithms so much. I mean, you've seen LinkedIn at the beginning of 2018 and the end of 2018 is like almost like two completely different platforms. And the other thing is like, I almost would say it like this, like LinkedIn smells the blood in the water. Like (laughs) (laughs) they've been working to ramp up and really draw people in. I think LinkedIn, there was a time when we all were like, okay, this is weird. Like, let's just stop. But over the last two to three years, you've really seen them turn up their efforts to make their newsfeed is a completely different place than it was a couple of years ago. They're optimizing to get content in front of you all of the time. They're allowing people to follow influencers. So you don't have to just be connected with a major player. Uh, You can just follow them and see the content that they are posting, which is a major switch from you having to be directly connected to somebody Um, like Bill Gates or something, you're able to just see the great content that they post. And the LinkedIn CEO has been very transparent about how dedicated they are to making LinkedIn the number one content marketing platform in the professional space. So, I mean, they are working day and night to take advantage basically of what's happening on other social platforms and really give professional people, professionals, a place to come interact, engage, share information. And ultimately, let's just be honest, all of that is about driving leads and sales and connecting with your customers. I was talking yesterday with a with a client of ours, Beth, about LinkedIn, because we might do like a little bit of a training with their sales team. And the thing I was sharing with them is like, if you look at your network within LinkedIn, like that's an area where people think like, oh, I can connect with anybody. Like that's no big deal. But like what the way that LinkedIn's algorithm works is the more dense and qualified your network is, the the greater likelihood that when you push content out, if you have a really strong, dense network, it's gonna push that to other individuals that fit that same profile. So if you're you're a manufacturer and your sales team targets architects, if your sales team has like Johnny from a banker down the road and like is connected with a bunch of you know, other people, you know, locally, and then a few other architects, the likelihood that that content gets distributed effectively is like much, much lower than if, if that salesperson was very focused on how do I have the most dense qualified network? I don't need a ton of people, but I need that, that people that I do have to be super qualified and right on point with who fits my, my ideal target audience, right? So if you're thinking about 2019 and how your you know, marketing efforts as well as your sales team can focus on LinkedIn, focus on building quality connections that fit that ideal customer profile and get more of those people into your network so that when you do publish content, when you do reach out, you're seen as more an authoritative individual within that space. If we think about 2019, Beth and I are going to continue to put out a ton of great content. We've got 
some great guests we're going to be bringing on the podcast here in the upcoming weeks. So we encourage you, if you found this content really helpful, go to our website and subscribe. Go to venvio.com slash podcast. You can also subscribe at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. But we are pumped about 2019 and excited to go down this journey with you all. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Popnikolov. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.